You're listening to the Dean's Dissertation, the Cleveland Sports Review and beyond with your host, Greg Brindo. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Dean's Dissertation. The Cleveland Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors are in the midst of their fourth straight NBA Finals, and the Cavaliers find themselves in familiar territory one more time, down two games to nothing without the home court advantage. Games three and four are in Cleveland, and if the series should proceed back to Oakland, back to Cleveland, and if there is, and we're going to knock on wood on this one, a game seven, it'll go back to Oakland. So where do we stand? Well, if you were listening to my previous uh, podcast, I was a bit optimistic. You know me. I sometimes, well, a lot of times look at the glass half empty rather than half full. And I was going to give the Cavaliers the benefit of the doubt. In fact, probably as optimistic as I could ever be considering the odds against the Cavaliers. Part of my optimism revolved around the play of LeBron James just figuring a way to get it done. Part of my optimism revolved around enough of his teammates giving LeBron enough to get it done. And that's what happened in Series 1, a very tough series against the Indiana Pacers. Series 2 almost didn't count because the Cavaliers have such an upper hand and a um, almost a, a weird curse over the Toronto Raptors that the Raptors barely showed up. And then number three was a real war against the Boston Celtics, a team that didn't have two of its best players but had a great coach, but had a very good young team that will be, uh, well, that will be reckoned with down the road for many years to come, I believe. And now we have the best team in the land. Pure and simple, Golden State is the best team in the NBA. They won the championship last year. They won the championship two years ago, three years ago, I should say. And the Cavaliers squeezed one out in 2016. Down three games to one, winning three in a row. And of course, that dramatic win, especially that dramatic finish in Oakland for game seven back in June of 2016. Will that happen again? The optimist point. Well, Greg, it happened once before. Why would it not happen again? Well, (laughs) I think there are reasons for that. I think the Golden State Warriors might be better now than they were in 2016. As we speak, Andrew Iguodala is coming back to play. And whoever Steve Kerr has inserted in the center position, um, they've done a great job. McGee the other night was basically unstoppable. The thing that I believe we all forget is that not only does Golden State have an immense amount of firepower, I mean, I don't have to tell you about who's shooting the ball, and it's led by Mr. Curry. They also play great defense all the time. They're big. They're long. They they essentially have guys who are the same size who can really defend all parts of the floor. And a guy like Kyle Korver, 
who you kind of rely on to come off the bench or even start and get off threes and make threes has basically to this point been rendered useless. He can't even get off a shot. Why? Not because he's open and doesn't want to shoot, because he's never open. I don't want to relive the debacle of game one. LeBron James already has said it's the worst loss ever. And J.R. Smith committed what was an unconscionable act. You cannot forget what the score is in that situation. You had a timeout. Ty Lue didn't even use the timeout. We have already seen the video and how frustrated LeBron James was when he found out on the bench that they did have a timeout. And nobody was calling it on top of the rebound gathered by JR and him dribbling out and literally dribbling out the clock because he thought the Cavs were ahead. A game the Cavaliers could have won, should have won, should have stolen. A game that would have dramatically changed the complexion of the series. Maybe not ultimately the outcome. I'm not saying that. But at least after two games, it would have dramatically changed the complexion of the playoff series. Now, there are a lot of Cleveland fans who are still optimistic. There are a lot of peers of mine who are optimistic who say there's a lot of hope out there. There's a lot of optimism. There's a reason to be optimistic. Cavaliers haven't lost at home in the postseason. They play great at home. Well, they do. Teams play much better at home than they play on the road. Problem is the Cavaliers have to win games on the road to win these series. And... Considering how good the Golden State Warriors are, and 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 I, and I will tell, and I'm, I'm going to confess here, they really haven't been a perfect team. They've been really good. They shoot in volume. Their scoring comes in bunches. That's all happened. But if the Cavaliers would have made their open looks, just some of them, some more of them, and if they just could have stolen Game One. Very easily, well, not easily, very frankly, the Cavaliers could be up two games to nothing. You know what? They aren't, though. That's the harsh reality. The Cavaliers are not up two games to nothing here. They're down two games to nothing. One of the big reasons is they're a three-point shooting team. And when you're shooting in the high 20s or low 30s in percentage, that's not going to get it done. If the Cavaliers are to make a game of it, if the Cavaliers are to win a game, the three's got to come at 40%. And you know what, folks? That hasn't been the case for a long time. That hasn't been the case for nearly 10 games. One game against the Celtics, and that's basically been it. They have been a poorly shooting three lately. And now is not the time, truly, now is not the time to not be able to make three-point shots. And they're not making three-point shots. 
The other thing is, if you watch the beginning of game two, the Cavaliers' defense was porous. How many layups did the um, Golden State Warriors make in that first quarter? What did they make, like five in a row? Layups! Uncontested! Easy baskets! That was the, the M.O. Of the, um, of the Golden State Warriors. You couple with them playing defense, you couple with the Cavaliers not making their threes... And it's very easy to understand why the Cavaliers are down two games to nothing. Now, the question is, will that all change? Now, with the Cavaliers coming back for two home games, can they right themselves? The optimist says, well, the series hasn't started until the road team wins. Well, they haven't played these games yet. And are you telling me seriously that the Cavaliers are going to win both of their home games? Are you telling me seriously that from here on out, the Cavaliers are going to win four out of five from the Golden State Warriors? Let me repeat that again, because I'm sure some of you just kind of days get, you know, kind of gloss over it, are in a daze over this comment. Does anyone truly believe out there? that the Cavaliers can win four out of five against Golden State. Again, the optimists would say, well, we got LeBron, and when you have LeBron, anything and everything is possible. Okay, I get it. It is. But you know what, folks? As close to Superman as LeBron has been and is, he can't do it all. And he needs far more help from his teammates than has been given him so far. He can't go at it alone. And I think, again, his teammates have greatly failed him. That's just the bottom line. Sorry, I know it's harsh. I know this is a team sport. But LeBron's teammates have failed him greatly. And I have no idea how he's going to um, get them to play better. We're hearing that Rodney Hood may play. Rodney Hood is a mental disaster. Seriously, I'm saying it's not impossible, but I think it's highly improbable at this point with the way Rodney Hood is reacting to being benched that Rodney Hood is just going to go out there and all of a sudden, what, become Batman? The Green Lantern, the Flash, the Atom, the Incredible Hulk. I, I, I don't see that happening at all. I really don't. I'd like to be more optimistic now. I was optimistic at the beginning of the series. I really was. Because this had been kind of a weird, miraculous run by this basketball team. But now I really have my thought, my, my doubts, my second thoughts. How are they going to get it done? You know, going into game three and four, folks, you know, it's like we've been saying all along, game to game. I have no idea what Cavaliers team is going to show up. I have no idea if the Cavaliers are going to come out firing. I don't know if the Cavaliers are going to make most of their shots. I don't know if the Cavaliers have their three-point hitting shoes on tonight. We just don't know that. You know what I do know? The Golden State Warriors are darn hard to beat. 
Not impossible to beat. We saw the Houston Rockets really take the the Golden State Warriors to the limit. They really did. But if the Cavaliers are going to be that way, they have to start like now. And if it doesn't happen now, it's never going to happen. And then the offseason stories begin. Where does LeBron go? Does he stay? Who he's being courted with? What happens with the Cavaliers lottery pick? You know, what's going to happen there? Stories that right now do not concern me. We'll have plenty of time, and I mean plenty of time down the road to, to digest all of that. Now is not the time to digest all of that. So we'll see. Hopefully the Cavs can make their threes. Hopefully they can play better defense. Hopefully LeBron gets help from his teammates. And maybe, maybe, maybe the Golden State Warriors have more than one or two or three bad nights because that's really going to matter a lot in the case of whether or not the Cavaliers can pull this off or not. Thank you for your time. That's another edition of the Dean's Dissertation. I'm Greg Brenda. See you down the road very, very soon. Thank you for listening to the Dean's Dissertation, the Cleveland Sports Review and beyond. Come back for more.